Hey, this is Dirk Reviewer from Megadeth, and you're listening to GhostCultMag.com. What's up, everybody? It's Keefe, and you're listening to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast. Happy 2024. I am so stoked to be back. I am filling in for OJ, who's your usual podcast host. But it's all good, because it's my podcast anyway. It's the Steve and Keefe Power Hour, and we're here to rock and roll. Uh, last year was an epic year for our website, ghostcultmag.com. Shout out to our entire staff, but especially, in this case, our reviews team, because that's the subject of the Steve and Keefe Power Hour, metal and rock reviews last year we reviewed 607 albums let's see if we could top it this year we're going to welcome in steve in just a second of course as usual please like and subscribe rate this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts we're on all the things this year spotify apple podcast google podcast soon to be youtube music podcasts Deezer, iHeartRadio, Amazon, wherever you listen to pods, we're there. So definitely hook us up. And with that out of the way, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? It's Keefe, and you are listening to another Ghost Cult Magazine podcast, the last one of 2023 or the first one of 2024. I'm not really sure anymore. I'm not sure of anything, but I'm sure of this. I am joined by the wonderful, amazing, kind, and generous Stephen Tovey, the senior editor of Ghost Cult Magazine. How are you doing, sir? I'm very good. Very good, Keithy. How about yourself? You know, not too bad. We're, <laughs> we're, we're recording this toward the end of the year. It's been a very good year to Ghost Cult. It's been a challenging year for me, over, but a good still overall, but, you know, not without its challenges. But uh, I'm feeling very reflective and, and pleased as we get to the the start of a new year and calendar flips yeah. over and we all flip over too in a way uh you know metaphysically as well as physically so um another rotation around the sun another another go round at, at the music business merry-go-round carousel whatever you you prefer the eye whatever you guys have over there and uh yeah we've had a stellar year I, I'm, I'm probably repeating my beats from last month's wrap-up but yeah, we have had an, an incredible year in terms of the website and the staff and the reviews and yourself. And just uh, I'm giving a verbal round of applause to everybody right now. No, I have to say, and again, like I say, the risk of repeating things we've gone over before. Uh, we've made some changes behind the scenes and the team have responded brilliantly. Excellent writing coverage. Very, 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 yeah, very rarely late or, uh, you know, or, or off center with the, uh, with the reviews. Some great writing, some really good coverage. But the, the main bit that we, that I think we all do it for, just being able to give coverage and uh, give exposure to another year's worth of great alternative rock metal. Um, well, is, is rock still the right word? I don't know. But uh, is alternative still the right word? Whatever it is, guitar-based, odd music. Um, I think, you know, as we mentioned quite often, we're well-placed. We've got some really good writers with a very broad, diverse taste between them so we can cover everything from uh this from paris all the way through to the most disgusting um you know of the, the horrific death metal and beyond um extreme portal area stuff so it's been another year of great music and uh thanks again also yeah for myself to to the team for putting up with my weekly emails and the general cajoling um here and there to to get their fantastic reviews in um, and to keep it all ticking over, keep things going around and cover the bands that write the great music. And just like the T-1000, we have upgrades for 2024. Uh, we have 
I guess, promoted. One reference. <laughs> right. You know, I always have to have a reference of something. And it's usually science fiction or something crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we've uh, promoted from within three excellent writers who all have varying levels of different experiences. And now they're going to come and help support you with the reviews team and the uh, reviews editing team, I suppose. And um, yeah, I'm really pleased about it. Uh, three fine writers in their own right who did a huge amount of stuff this year for us. Two who are relatively new. Oh, uh, I mean, all three are kind of, uh, relatively pretty, new. Yeah, yeah. All three are pretty new. Matt Cook has been with us for about a year and a half, and he is terrific. And uh, Jesse Ferreri, about a ca one calendar year, because I got a Facebook reminder that we're friends for a year on Facebook. And then uh, Tom Osman, who is also a, a, an excellent musician, by the way. And yeah. uh, cover he actually makes some of the music we used to review, and I like to review some more of in the future. Uh, that kind of style, kind of cryo yeah. chamber label stuff, is is what Tom likes, and uh, also kind of like Eno, <laughs> Brian Eno, but like more updated and evil. And yeah. um, I think the, yeah. the three of them cover the you know, we talk about the taste, you know, the the span of everything we cover. But you've got Jesse at the the more kind of mainstreamy end, you know, your indie and your folky stuff in there as well, and uh, all, all that coming across into some of the the lighter metal core alt rock side of it all the way through to mr cook and his symphonic death core leanings um and yeah tom picking up all the weird stuff in between so this is good because this leaves like the the power metal cheese for me and then i can just step back and let them cover the rest that's <laughs> good right on and uh, yeah i will i will shout out matt has like a tremendous uh taste in music that yeah he, he'll also cover some hardcore he'll also cover some straight up gross death metal and he's pretty even keel about it all in terms and of pop like punk, it, and, pop, and the pop and also the warp tour emo pop punk he has a soft spot for uh just not even also as a writer but especially as a fan i think so good yeah, times yeah. good times yeah no it's just all, all feeling good on that side of things so yeah so I guess, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of, we, we talked before coming on air that we, we covered off a fair amount of uh, December uh, in our last podcast because we weren't sure if we are going to squeeze another one in um, before before we did. So um, I'm going to take the mic from from me and hand it back to you and just uh, to say, so now we've had a couple of weeks to reflect on the stuff that has come out now that last Friday was the last release date, really, apart from a couple of uh, cheesy metal things coming out on Napalm on New Year's Eve, like they always do. How's your December, Keith? What have you been listening to? Well, that is a fantastic question. I have been listening mostly to that Health album, uh, the Ghost Call album of the month for December. Snap. Which we announced last month, actually. But I, I have really loved that record, and I'm really glad that... Uh, I'm happy to get it whenever we got it, but it really is the best record of their career. I'm sure people will say it's their first record, but I really love this new one particularly. Um, a, re a record I listened to this weekend that just came out, I think it was a surprise release, at least to me, was the new album from Sleeping Giant Glosslalia. Can't ever say that. It's a flower, right? Uh, it's it's uh, Ecology Homestones album. Um, I, I think it's on, I forget what label it's on, but I, I think it's 
Like, it's very strange. It's kind of stoner rock, but it's also, like, weirdly psychedelic. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Darsambra, who we covered earlier in the year. Again, not announced, just kind of dropped into my band camp. And I was like, oh, this came out on Friday. Fantastic. Um, we'll see if there's time for a little write-up of it or not. I don't know. But um, who knows? And, you know, a few other things. Not too much. Revulsed, we ended up premiering the full album stream for them. Uh, gnarly death metal band. The band is from Australia. They're on Everlasting Spew. We talked about them. Fantastic record. It's a shame it came out so late because I think that would have been a record that maybe would have, you know, gotten a little more of a glow up if it had come out sooner in the year. But, you know, you can't help these things. And I'm always the person that says I was uh, on the other podcast. I'm sometimes a guest on the Heavy Business podcast from C Squared PR and Marketing. Uh, we talked, we did a whole episode previously on release schedules and I was always a proponent of saying you know put it out when the time is right not when you think the time is right so if the time was right for bands to put their record out in December who gives a shit about awards and who gives a shit of only journalists and like super nerds on reddit care about what bands win awards like put the record out when it's best for your band when it makes the most sense when you have an opportunity to promote it where you know when it, it you can give it the right amount of energy that you put into making it yeah and no, i agree and we, we talked in the last last month's one around underdark coming uh probably about a week after everyone submitted their votes for our album of the year but look at the push it's getting you know just the natural word of mouth online anyway um just the the coverage because it's a great record and whether it's in someone's written lists or not you know, and we do spend a lot of time on this stuff. We do care and we do love it. But you're right. In the grand scheme of things, you've got a record for life. It doesn't matter if it comes out on December 15th or March, the whatever. As long as the music's there, as long as, like you say, it's right for the band, it fits in with their, their, their schedules and so on. And, and we do see, I mean, like with Everlasting Spew, Church Road, labels getting into that cycle, Transcending Obscurity, another one of, of like a monthly cycle. So they've added December. You know, where they didn't used to have it. So the, these labels are now releasing 2024 records a, a year, whereas before they were sort of cut, carving off a couple of weeks in Jan, a couple of weeks in December, maybe missing August for the festival season. But why? It's music. It's fine. People will get to it. It's all good on that side of it. So and I think talking about things we've covered in December, so I uh, loved, as you know, I messaged you and Tim, led in separately about it, loved Jules and Tim's talking about our album of the year on the podcast uh, so tim's on the revolst album um so he's got yeah got one of our big boys on our top 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 team members uh, on that one so some good words on that coming noted timmy is great i'm definitely gonna have him back again by the way there was a bit of just, cool. i don't want to veer off uh topic too well but there was a bit of controversy online about our pick apparently no one else had picked that album for number one for the year and again, it was our staff vote. So they got enough votes, thanks to your system, that is weighted. They were they earned enough votes to be the number one album, Black Braid, and people, some people were mad. Some people were very mad. Some people thought we were idiots and told us so. Um, couple of our writers were like, I've never, a couple of our writers were like, I've never heard of this album. Just <laughs> like, you know, funny shit, uh, honestly. I did love uh, that. Yeah. The you know, you know, you know who you yeah. are if you're listening <laughs> to this and you might be listening to this. You know who you are, but it's all right. We'll talk about it on a future episode. But yeah, I, I was as I told you, I was uh, thrilled that they were our pick 
actually, because it wasn't what was expected. You know, I made fun of Rolling Stone. for Listen, Metallica will always be one of my top three bands ever. And Rolling Stone picked Metallica as the number one album of the year for metal. And they picked a pretty good list, actually, despite picking Metallica number one. And I love Meta- I love that album. And I knew it wasn't good enough to be number one. And certainly wasn't number one on our list. It was 35. Nope. <laughs> so, which is fine. It is, you know, we felt like that, you know, that seems fair. Anyway, regardless of the voting, seems about right. Um, but anyway, say, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the same for me. Um, I've been listening to a lot of January stuff, um, as you, as you do, uh, in December. Um, but the the health record, I sort of glossed over my thoughts on it when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago because I'd only heard it a couple of times. But that's just been my go-to for the last few weeks, just constant um, repeat. You know, you kind of yeah, just that dream pop. It's frontline assembly, meets nice nails, but just great songs and just really really strong album. So um, I'm taking the liberty for when we get to our our topics of. Um, reordering mine <laughs> and sneaking that one in because uh, it wasn't in what I voted for. But the other album I picked up in December is one that came out in March, and which is why other people's lists are brilliant for this sort of thing because it does draw your attention to, to things you might have missed or forgot about side and you realise, again, I know I messaged you about it, that ASCII had a, a record out in March um, on 100R, which I'm guessing is probably 100 years or something like that, on Vendetta Records, but just incredible, um, like, atmospheric, melodic, Black metal, um, really, really, like really good album. Um, so we definitely spend a lot more time with that. And I realised from everyone else's list that I still haven't heard the Panopticon album. So I will make sure that gets in my ears. Yeah, again, I think that's a label that doesn't care too much about promoting their stuff. They have a diehard following. Uh, Bind Rune, uh, I'd, I'd love to have a better relationship with them. And it's not personal. I just think it's what they're just fiercely DIY and they kind of don't care as much about being written about. Uh, and Panopticon has their own following also, so among journalists and fans, so I think that's the thing. Uh, one more record I will shout out, because I've had a lot of hardcore in my mind lately, and that is a band that kind of has made a comeback in 2023. I don't think they were necessarily away, but I think they uh, surprised some people uh, this is uh, Locked in a Vacancy from New York City. I have, I, like, one of my bands opened for them, like, 20-plus years ago. So they're from the 90s, mostly the hardcore, hardcore metal-adjacent scene. Um, today we might call them metalcore, not quite in a melodic, catchy chorus metalcore way, but more like how Hatebreed and Poison the Well were metalcore bands, but oh, really metal, more hardcore. Yeah. yeah, but much more proper hardcore than metal. And they put out, we actually debuted one of their singles in, I think, late October, early November, which was called Of Church and State, with a little ellipsis at the beginning. And the title of the EP is Before the Dawn, which is out now. And I think they semi, uh, Fuzz Therapy Records, which is kind of like an underground record label, in the tri-state area, put it out. And um, it's pretty killer, uh, pretty killer band. I'm still trying to connect with them to do an interview for it because I felt like they deserved a little more shine. Beside being a fan, I thought the record, you know, it was just kind of came out on the 1st of December quietly, even with a little PR push. So 
you know, sometimes things get overlooked and we could always use more hardcore around here at the hallowed halls of Ghost Cult, the virtual HQ and the real HQ, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I think partly, I don't know, I think you kind of end up taking some of the, uh, the hardcore music a little bit for granted because there's a lot of really, really good solid stuff, but there's, do you know what I mean? There's a lot of seven, eight out of 10 sort of hardcore bits, but my background isn't as aligned to hardcore as like yourself or some of the other the other crew members so i must admit when we're picking what's going to get covered we maybe miss a few bits here and there and i know like uh reza his hardcore background and punk background is a bit more or a bit more quite a bit more in the uk kind of style of things so uh yeah if there's a hardcore nut out there that's uh good at writing up about albums and has got a really good uh, ear to the ground then definitely get in touch i think it's a it's a side of things that would potentially between us have a bit of a blind spot on um not you and i i mean collectively across the team so yeah i go for that fair enough i think also uh, i was talking about in our last episode uh record store day and uh i definitely picked up a couple of hardcore records for record store day. it definitely impacted my listening for december as a result of those so you know fun times fun times there's a lot of cool stuff coming down the pike so 2024 is upon us. We're putting the bow on, just put the bow on 2023. What are you excited about that's releasing in January? Uh, so it's one of those, right? When we start to do these, I'm convinced myself there's a way I'll do it. I'm going to pick one album a week or I'm going to pick four albums that speak to me. And then the closer we get to talking about it, the more I look at the list of things that are coming out and the longer my list of things to talk about grows um so uh it's expanded from four to to a few more as you'd expect it's probably about 10. um <laughs> so i'll try and uh, try not to spend dwell too much on it on each of them but you're talking about hardcore um draws me straight away to one that's out second week i think in january and rough justice and their album that's out on century media um coming early you know kicking the year off with uh i guess that, you know, they seem to be adding a bit of kind of like some grungy choruses and, uh, and some kind of um interesting cool melodic bits in there but just some like some really strong kind of uh i don't know aggressive yeah uh riffing um alongside it also it's not it's not getting too light or it's not kind of you know slacking off in in that respect um the riffs are still there the, the crunch is still there the heaviness is still there but some interesting kind of um yeah chorus and, and kind of hooks and melodic work going on there also um, got an ear out for a band I'd not come across before, maybe on your radar or not, but they're sort of kind of a new metal, metal core kind of thing of uh, ML Bulls um, on a rising empire. So um, liking my photo for that. And uh, to complete the hat-trick of things I'm talking about first that might not have been albums, regular listeners or people that know myself you know, um, over the years would expect me to be talking about. I've been in, really impressed with the tracks I've heard off of the Ghost Atlas release. Uh, so Dust of the Human Shape, which is Jesse from ERA, kind of like an all-rock side project. Um, so again, things that you might not have thought would be on my radar um, that have caught my ear and I'll definitely be picking up more on um, in the next few weeks and leading up to their releases and, and beyond. Switching from that to the usual, kind of we'll have a little deviation under the ground into some sort of you know, heavier, uh, deathlier sort of stuff. There's a Esquela Grind EP called Death Metal, but kind of like Death Metal spelling. So good luck <laughs> on doing that one. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and that's, yeah, that's kind of, as you'd expect, very, very strong, very good. Um, but around our, our usual favourites, Transcending Obscurity and Everlasting Spew, we have... Uh, 
I think it's pronounced Slavis Finis Engulf and Resin Tomb are my uh, picks for, for the month of some some gnarly, disgusting, uh, underground-y stuff. So covering between them, some techy, discordant, horrible, sludgy death metal and uh, Engulf be a bit more of your straight-up traditional death metal sort of stuff. Um, and that brings me into just three more. These are, these are my main ones that have caught my ear in preparing for what's coming up in January. Um, the three ones I'm really particularly interested in. And we've got a nice bit of feisty mellow death coming out on Century Media uh, from Upon Stone um, with their album Dead Mother Moon. Um, yeah, kind of putting the, the death back into mellow death um, and really liking the kind of, it's almost like, Almost like a you know that punky early at the gate spirit to it um, underneath. So um, yeah, big big thumbs up for me for a pond stone. Um, I'm gonna having done the death metal for Esquela Grind, I'm gonna go for slower, not Slayer. I uh, don't be seen this. Uh, so it's uh, I'm sure I'm sure you have all over it. So it's kind of a, so kind of it is a Slayer covers EP um, from a super group of stoner and desert kind of favorites so you've got bob bouch of fu manchu you've got amy from you of the cobra laura from kylesa uh scott reader is on it espen from from monolord and they're just basically playing slayer songs at a third of the speed um but the vocals that amy and laura do on the tracks are there on alternate tracks on different tracks really really cool um some dark occult melodies and stuff put to it and i never thought you'd see the antichrist as an eight and a half minute atmospheric dark doom metal track but it works really really well so i kind of put it on thinking it's going to be like a bit of a throwaway you know this is going to be fun it's going to be like you know um yeah sabbath play slayer but it's not they've kind of um put the effort in and really worked sort of uh, five slayer classics and, and made it sound something completely different um and that that's really um surprised and impressed and then uh another one just to close off before handing the, the baton over to you um Again, back in the retro kind of vibe, um, the new Lucifer album, um, V5, whatever it, however it's being spoken about, Microsoft Nuclear Blast, but bloody hell, the singles are brilliant. Uh, so At The Mortuary and Slow Dance in the Crypt, just everyone listening, just go and check them out. It's kind of this yeah, really cool retro hammer horror cult rock. Um, I know, like Lucifer for me, I kind of dropped off my radar, strong start, and then I kind of lost track of where they're at, um, but loving where they're where they're going for the uh, for the fifth album. So very much looking forward to hearing the full version of that release. Nice. They were just here in the States. So we have some coverage coming up of that record. Um, we have very similar lists, uh, as usual. Uh, not a surprise that I had some of those records, including Esquela Grind, Lucifer, and Slower. I am very excited about Slower based on those first couple of singles. Um, in the same vein of some stoner doom and psychedelic rock, New Lord Dying album coming out. Always been a fan. Very excited about them. Um, similarly, in a uh, another vein on in the sort of hardcore realm, uh, the Hope Conspiracy is a record coming. A band that has a record coming out on Deathwish that label. So always excited for them and anything associated with them. Another band similar to Lord Dying, The Awesome Machine, a little psychedelic stoner rock band. Uh, I don't remember if you mentioned them. You might have mentioned them before in another episode, Alluvial, with their stoner sludgy, kind of sludgy doom, uh, heavy doom, we'll call it. They're always good for, you know, speaking of supergroups, they're good for 
uh, a good record. They're due. And uh, I had mentioned the Squala Grind. Nice new single there with Barney from uh, Napalm Death. Uh, throwing it back to some other types of stuff. Mountain Caller signed to Church Road. That's a band yeah, we, cool. we, we have covered them from the very beginning. Almost a little surprised that Church Road had such like a stellar year for hardcore and death metal that they would pick up a band like Mountain Caller. Um, maybe it's not a surprise. Uh, here's a band we covered on tour in Europe, High Rays, which is kind of a melodic death metal band, but really great and really on the rise. I think that's a band that could surprise people and be on a lot of uh, lists next year. And then, I don't want to use them all up, but like two last ones, sort of a little avant-garde weirdness band, Guts with an H from upstate New York. Uh, fantastic band. Uh, we've we've done some stuff with them before. I've, I've bought some uh, Bandcamp Friday stuff from them on a whim and then became like a huge fan, but I believe we've covered them as well. And then got to throw it up to some old school death metal with Master on Hammerheart Records. Master's coming back arguably one of the earliest and best death metal bands ever. So it's a pretty nice list. With, yeah, I can't argue with Paul Speckman. Uh, that, that first master, it's really hard to find because obviously Googling master um, is cool. up all sorts of other masters, master puppets, master, master of everything, reality. Um, and it's, it sort of seems to flit on and off the various streaming services as well. So I think they definitely... Depending on who's got the rights, there's definitely a long overdue re-release of the first first master album. You can always get um, was it got creative master? But, you know that's uh, that's that's need you want to pick up. But, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see what's what's happening. Is um, you released something on the Pro Spectrum project last year, wasn't he? That was or a couple of years ago. That was that was decent. So we could see where yeah where things are taken with master. Fair enough. But, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, just just one more from me. I was going to say if we're talking old 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 school, um, I do have to give up. I mentioned um, generally quite looking forward to the Magnum album. It's about the 700th album of Dad Rock they've released, but I'm an old Dad Rock now fan and I've always loved Magnum, so I can't wait to yes. hear it. <laughs> Dad Rock all the way. Uh, yeah, they're, you know, they're always very solid. I always find them maybe never exceptional and I don't ever remember them at the end of the year, but I always appreciate them and I do love that they're consistent, right? Nah, yeah, and to be honest, I'm casting, but it's probably 1988 since they last had an album that I loved and listened to a lot. Um, but, you know, the, I do love their 80s stuff and the 70s, the 70s stuff that came before. But they have been consistent and they've been on a decent run going back to uh, Lost in the Road to Eternity a few years back. Um, and Bob Catley, I don't know how old, how old he is, he's like, it must be like 130 by now. Um, but he's still got a really good voice. He's still always the standout vocal performer on all the Avantasia albums he's on. Um, and, yeah, just 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 know it's going to be 10, 12, good, hard-rocking, soft-rocking, dad-rocking tunes. So I'm there for it. <laughs> very well, very well. Uh, before we put a plug in this January edition, did you want to just take one last look back at 2023? Did you want to share your list? I know we're going to make these some website and social media posts. Uh, I have I have coyly slipped out who my number one is in a few places online and told people like this was my number one for this year and I, I want people to know it. But uh, I don't know if you wanted to do a little rundown of some yeah. of your list. I do want to do it. Do Take it in, take an alternate one, uh, or yeah, just go to one each. 
Yeah, yeah whatever you on. like. We'll start, start twenty and run down. So we'll have some we'll have some uh, matches. I'm very very sure of that. But so yeah, number twenty for me uh, was Prong with uh, State of Emergency. Really strong Prong album. Probably my favourite one since Cleansing. Um, just a lot of big riffs. <laughs> <laughs> Nice work. Uh, should we do one and then one and then go down the list? Is that what yeah, you want to do? All right. Well, well, big surprise. Here's a band you may have heard of. My number 20 was Grief Symposium in the Absence of Light. I don't know if you've heard of this band. You might have. And um, they've got a shot to make it someday. And, you know, just a gnarly, gnarly sounding record. Uh, obviously, I spent a lot of time with it, probably more than most people outside of the band and outside of the label, but it definitely has its fans. And I will give a shout out to Mark Morris of Mark's Metal Minute from Instagram and TikTok. I don't think you're on uh, much of a follower on TikTok, but he has, he has this album in his top 10, maybe even in his top five. And uh, so it's nice to, you know, I normally don't look to outside sources for my things. And I certainly had my pick locked in before I, became friendly with Mark and uh, acquainted with his list that just came out actually as we're recording this but yeah it's a killer record I'm, I'm uh, I, I have it oh, has stayed with it has stayed with me all year congrats to you and the guys no thank you and uh, it's obviously you kind of uh, have your hopes for how how things will be received and how they'll they'll go down um, but been really really humbled at the time it came out for the reviews it got and the, and the coverage and the fact that it's you know it, it's still being mentioned and there's people like like yourself and others including it in their lists when it comes to year end um it's it's, it's just such a lovely feeling and uh, i know it's horrible music we're not supposed to be all happy and lovely and this is great stuff but it really is quite quite touching when you see it's connected with various people and uh and they, they love it both musically and conceptually um seems to have landed so uh it's it's good and uh, you know in terms of not turning this into a band interview, um, but it gives us more confidence, not that we were lacking in it, but <laughs> it gives us more confidence for the next one to push the envelope a little bit further to kind of explore the, you know, the parameters of the sound we've got. But no, thank you. Je- not, nice. Appreciate that. Yeah, of course. And it's one of the 9,000 albums Aaron from My Dying Bride was on this year. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have a distinction. <laughs> great, you're in a great, you know, in a great class yeah. of other bands that got to utilize Aaron. No, exactly. No, we didn't massively push the fact that Aaron's on there. I like the fact that quite a few people are like, this This person on this last track sounds remarkably like Aaron from My Dying Ride. It's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a reason for that. <laughs> oh, you don't say. Yeah, oh, interesting. Um, cool. So from uh, from that, moving to number 19 for me was, um, I guess, the power metal meets uh, contemporary death metal of Scar Symmetry. Um, so I had to... Uh, the Singularity Phase 2 Zenitaph um, was, was my number 19. Um, yep, good stuff there. That's a good record. Uh, my number 19 was, again, Health Rat Wars. I've definitely spent a lot of time on these last two podcasts discussing the band, so no other notes. Cool, cool. Um, I'm going to chuck in um, something that caught me by surprise um, a couple of months ago, and I, I think we talked about it on one of the, one of the podcasts, but... At 18, I have Grove Street um, with, uh, I can't remember, something of something, uh, The Path to Righteousness. I'm really bad with album titles, sorry. <laughs> Even worse with song titles. But yeah, um, sort of from out of nowhere, really, for me, Grove Street, just some good thrashy, um, almost like skate stuff going on. They don't sound like a UK band, but not in a 
we're copying the US kind of way. So uh, I think they've got every chance. Uh, is it UNFD? I think they're on every chance of some, some big steps up uh, if they get the right tours in 2024. So keep your eye out. I, I concur. I think Rope Street's a band we're going to be talking about for a long time. And props to that label that put out a tremendous amount of consistent albums this year. My number 18, I'm pretty sure I'm the, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I bet that I'm the only person on the staff that voted for this in their top 20. Will Haven's uh, record, sort of a comeback yeah. record. They did have one back before the bleak plague times. Uh, their new album, Seven. Uh I interviewed the band for the record. I spent a lot of time with this record. I do love, they really are one of the original post-hardcore bands. Started about the same time as Deftones in Sacramento, California, just north of where I reside. And just a fantastic, strong album. No, I've always, always got a soft spot for, for Will Haven. Um, dropping the names way back in 99, I think it was. Um, was uh, lucky enough, went out as a guitarist for Cubulate um, supporting opening for Fear Factory and Will Haven were the main support. We shared a bus with uh, with, with the guys back on the WHVN um, album. So always love checking in as to where they're at. Um, I will say their hoodies are the best hoodies you can get. Just really, really thick, comfortable. <laughs> they look good. So, um, so yes, yeah, so it's, it's given across from, from Will Haven. Um, 17 for me was Svalbard and the Weight of the Mask um, on Nuclear Blast. I love where they've they've taken um, things from from the last two two records, and they've they've obviously the step up to a larger, much larger label for them gives them all the exposure. They're on tour with Enslaved coming up, and um, just just they've added kind of extra shoegaze, a little bit extra black metal. I think we said before they sort of sat on that cusp between post hardcore and black metal with you know, the Bruno Tomasi sort of vein. They definitely seem to have taken a bold step more for me into the the black and metal sound, but while keeping that emotional uh reality based lyrics um for them. and i think this the tours they should get on the back of this i think they're, they're another band that's really well placed to to make that giant step forward in 2024 um on the back of this great record fair enough and uh, no other notes i have that album further up on my list but uh terrific album number 17 is another one from earlier in the year that just stayed with me all year long and that's in flames foregone probably the In Flames album I have uh, really enjoyed the most in, in a long time, although I always appreciate them live. They had almost a whole year to promote the record before it came out in early 2023. So, you know, I spent a lot of time with this record, either in pieces or all at once, and I do love it. Cool. Um, uh, yeah, I'm definitely tempted to, I mean, they're touring UK, well, Europe, um, and coming over to UK with Arch Enemy and Soilworks, so that's a massive package deal. So I think that'll be uh, something I'll make an effort to go and go and check out. So, um, so for me, uh, sticking with Scandinavia, um, the next one for me, and having referenced it in the with Svalbard before, uh, was Enslaved with, with Heimdall, which uh, featured very highly in our overall list. I think was the second behind Black Braid in terms of most amount of different people voting for it um, in the list. So I think, you know, a good sort of three quarters of the team, um, staff team, feature this somewhere or another um, in their list. But um, I think Guard was a, was a decent record, but kind of didn't really grab me in the same way that some of their, their records have. But yeah, Heimdall's back on track for me. It's just, it's almost like atmospheric blackened prog rather than black metal at this point, I think. And they just really suit where they're at. Just a band really comfortable in their skin, but you know, great music. Right on. 
also another album that will feature for me in a little bit. Number 16 for me is another UK band, another death metal band, basically death metal adjacent, I guess. Pupil Slicer, Blossom, everyone's talking about it. Surely one of the most hyped bands of the year, but one of the bands that lived up to their hype. No, definitely. Um, and I think in a similar vein, in terms of uh, bands that had a, a lot of hype and a lot of push behind them, but live up to it. At 15 for me, I have, um, and we spoke about it a lot when it came out in September, I believe. Uh, so I've got Silosis um, for me with a sign of things to come, which I hope it is, because it's got a lot of really good, heavy um, contemporary metal tracks on there. Killer Silas, this is one of those albums that I totally didn't remember until after I submitted my list. Uh, I was like, no, no. There's always one. Yeah, there's always a few. Uh, number 15 for me, we just talked about them a few minutes ago, Panopticon, The Rhyme of Memory on Bindrun. Again, sort of this weird, extreme American black metal juxtaposed with this like Appalachian folk music sometimes uh but also just a killer probably their most harsh record which is really saying something because their first records were just bludgeoning and this is pretty damn harsh and uh i do i I know it came in late and like i said their label doesn't care about accolades but it's a killer record that's cool um i said yeah that's probably i think the only well not the only but the, the main record i've got outstanding from this year that i need to go in on so uh, so we talked about church road a couple of times um as we i don't know why we do I don't know why that label comes up quite so often shame that you know, something to do with the fact they have a huge amount of great releases um and i am slightly biased um but 14 for me is pretty one of the the surprise hits in a way um i say surprise because there was a bit of buzz around burner before um before the record came out um, but when it all returns to nothing, sort of, you know, they sort of drip fed the first two or three tracks beforehand. And it's that metallic, hardcore, tinged death metal, contemporary death metal tinged stuff. It's just a, a an aggressive album that's like quickly became probably my number one gym album of albums that released in 2023. And it takes a lot for an album to become a gym album for me because... Um, I don't know. It just has to have that right mix of gives you the gives you the you know, the energy and the and the things, but also tunes and and hooks and things you can listen to. So I was really delighted. I've, uh, I haven't met the guys yet, but we've had a few chats um, both on online and you know, messaging each other here and there. So uh, they seem like really really great guys, and I'm really really pleased for them. Um, so how well it all returned to nothing has has landed and been received. So great record. Nice. Uh, oh, I accidentally moved my list to the wrong screen. Uh, move it back to the screen I need to have it on. Hold on a second. Uh, we're professionals here, I promise. Anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, for number 14 for me, uh, probably not a surprise. It landed fairly high on our list, and that is Wayfarer, American Gothic. What a, what a standout album for them. Another band that you could say, wow, this really was their best album they've ever made. And I think they fully realized who they are when they made this one. And that's a very well-placed one on your list, because number 13 for me is Wayfarer with American Gothic. Um, so, no, yeah, exactly the same. Um, it's just got the right amount for me of uh, the, the balance of your, your black metal, but also the the different direction they're going in, the American Gothic kind of sound and style. They, they're implementing more and more into it. So another fantastic record. 
Fair enough. And then uh, number 13 for me, it should be no surprise that this band is on my list. Uh, they have been as high as the top five on past albums in the history of Ghost Cult for me personally. And this is Prong, State of Emergency. I go way back with this band just as a fan in New York City. I had the first demo tape I used to listen to in my beat-up Walkman in high school. And I got to see them open up and play a parking lot before Metallica's big first show of their tour in America. And it was apeshit, as you would expect. And they played a few of these songs live before I heard the record, and I was just blown away. So great job. No, it's huge. Yeah, and, and sort of being a little flippant earlier than saying it's my favorite one since cleansing because that undermines or under removes the fact that the last three four records have been really good as well. So uh, it's just they continue like Tommy seems to continue to hone and refine and just get even better. So yeah, no, great great shout. So, um, flicking back across or staying across three, we've been away for twelve for me. I had under dark uh, again. We talked about them earlier and managed to climb on on Church Road Records again. When you can get blackened music and it just something that seems to really i guess speak to me in 2023 blackened music but with that emotional connection you know with that genuine link and tied to reality and um i guess people's struggles um you know it, it just it just makes it for me probably the most emotional and uh, powerful type of music there is and one you can really connect and and sort of be inspired and inspire all sorts of different moods and responses from but i loved the antidote record um the, the previous one was was really good um but i think this is just it's the next step it's a, you know it's next level and again i wish them all the best in 2024 they get the right tours the right fest slots and i think they can we can really see antidote taking some giant strides so. nice uh another first class black metal album turns up for me at number 12 and that's bizbor with prosaic uh, I got to see this band live for their record release show when I was in New York. And Prosaic is incredible. Uh, ALN, who is the linchpin of the band, the wellspring, the absolute genius musician and music maker. And live is a whole other experience on top of the record. So go get that one if you love the black metals. And speaking of loving the black metals, uh, 11 for me was Black Braid. Um, I won't go into it other than to say we talked about it at length when it came out. It was our album of the month. I would wholly recommend that everyone listening to this goes and checks out Keefe and Tim's uh, Ghost Cult album of the year number one uh, podcast because it says, says everything that we need to say and in the depth it needs for such a great record. That is completely fair and thank you very much. Uh, number 11 for me is Urn, A Feast on Sorrow, no surprise. Also placed very high uh, amongst our staff, I'm sure, based on their final position in the list. And I just absolutely love this record and I can't wait to see this band live if they get over to the States in 2024. And speaking of bands that we'd like to see live, um, it has been, oh, how old am I? Um, I can't do maths, Keith, I'm struggling. When was 1998 compared to now? 25 years ago? It's been 25 years since I saw Overkill. And I, I really hope to see them live again on, on the Scorch run because this album's got some fucking bangers and I can't wait to hear them um, and get stuck in down the front. I'm all come out of moderate retirement for Overkill, I think, on this run. So, uh, But I love Scorched and, yeah, in the, in the number 10 for me. Nice. Overkill is totally worth coming out of moderate retirement for. Number 10 for me, again, 
a band we talked a lot about, so not much to say more, but Svalbard, The Weight of the Mask, perfect, no notes. Thank you, Sarita, and all. Uh, cool. So nine for me was one, and I know you were a little more reflective and a little bit more lukewarm on it when it first came out, but um, so Catatonia's latest album, Sky Void of Stars, has really stuck with me all year, and it's probably, probably, it's, still, well, it's definitely the top five albums I've listened to this year, even though I'm ranking it at nine. Um, and I, I, I've been with Catatonia since, I can't claim Dance to December Souls, um, so Brave Murder Day onwards, and been through all the various transitions they've been through, like some albums more than others. But for me, uh, yeah, they, they switched to Napalm Records was a bit of a surprise, since they've been a peaceful for life um, sort of band. Um, but it seems to have reinvigorated them a little bit. They've you know, change switch things up a little bit while still sounding like Catatonia. Um, but I just think it's it's got some of the best singles um they've they've done for a while. But it's also for me, in terms of consistency, one of their, their strongest albums since probably Dead End Kings. Um, possibly even before then. So not unfair, and I will say that my opinion over the year warmed up, although they didn't make my top twenty. I did end up coming around to that album. It took a little time. Number nine for me should not be a big surprise. Crosses, good night, God bless, I love you, delete. Chino Moreno, side pro, you know, he says it's a full band, feels like a side project, but it is a fully fledged album. And like I said, basically synth pop, love making music for metalheads. I maybe mentioned that in a, in a short while. Um, so I'm going to move shift on. And this is the one, and we, we had uh, a quick chat around Tesseract when we did our 75 to 41 about how surprised we were that um, it didn't pick up with, with most of our writers because in that kind of, it's for me, it's the perfect prog metal album. I think um, it's got that emotion. It's got hooks. It's got lengthy songs. It's got all the technical bits you want, some great riffing, some reflective bits. And... Uh, and I hope it's just a bit of an anomaly and, and you know, others outside of our, our world uh, are giving it the credit it's due and it picks up the sales and they get the support um, they need on the tours for it. But I loved uh, War of Being um, from, from Test Track and we'll continue to love it. So um, and I, all the best to, to the band with it. Nice work. Uh, number eight for me, which should be a band most people maybe they're not all attuned to it's possible they missed this band uh, this band called metallica from san francisco originally from los angeles yeah, pretty good you know kind of late into their career with this album 72 seasons maybe you've heard of it maybe not rolling stone called it the number one metal album of the year i kind of made fun of them for that i love this record unashamedly again i'm probably the person that voted for this the highest on the entire staff doesn't carry any extra weight because it's me uh, the reasons why I ranked it so high, I know what album 60-year-old Metallica guys are going to make. Uh, love the Absolutely love the lyrics. Probably some of the best lyrics and singing combined of James's entire career. And I love a good concept album, and it's Metallica's first concept album. So when you put all those things together, it, it just was in my stay list the whole year long. Not just because I went to see them a bunch of times. And uh, yeah, really adore this record probably more than most fans. You weren't the only one that voted for it, though, so don't worry. We won't have a lot of aren't you? <laughs> but yeah, I think you probably have it the highest. Um, and so the next one for me is Seven, um, coming to one of our, I guess, our scenes. Newer bands, but newer in terms of uh, big bands in, in terms of size and stature. So I had uh, Code Orange and the above at Seven. Um, really like this record. Um, I think when it came out a couple of months back, I talked around the fact that underneath um, didn't work for me, really. Um, 
as a as a listener, but the above nails everything that I want Code Orange to be doing. Um, the added kind of smashing pumpkinsness to it, and uh, alongside the some of the throwbacks and uh, links in with some of the darker additional tracks they've been doing across their career. Um, big fan, big fan of the, the above. So. Nice work. This record will come back again in a minute. Number seven for me was Cannibal Corpse, Chaos Horrific. Cannibal Corpse, just, you know, meat and potatoes. You know what they do every time. Uh, probably right in line with how it's ranked for the whole brand in the past for Ghost Cult. But, yeah, definitely one of my most listened to. Saw them live, bought it from them at the show. They only had autographed ones, so I had to pay extra. Kind of annoyed me, but I won't hold it against this record. Yeah, and as we said at the time, add Eric Rutan to Cannibal Corpse, and you do have quite possibly the, the, the best big death metal band going. So I love Rutan, and he just fits in really well with them, um, both production and guitar playing wise. Um, so another uh, band that had been around for quite a while, um, switching back to, to Scandinavia and to Finland this time. So at six, I have Insomnium uh, with Anno. Uh, oh, I can't remember the numbers now. There it is, 1696. I was about to say 1664, wrong year. Uh, I know, 1696. Um, been, with, yeah, been with Insomnium. I'm going to play the uh, the more cult than, than thou card since their demo that got them signed whenever it was way back in 99, 2000. Um, and just loved watching, listening to the kind of the, the general ebb and flow of their sound. But they've added some additional black and metal um, touches to it. Great duet with... Um, Rotten Christ on, on on White Christ the track and for me up there with their best if not their best record this this deep into their career so um, and you mentioned around Metallica there is something around the concept album I think that does draw the best out of the best bands um, and I, like I think it helps draw, pull this album together and with a nice little addendum uh, it came out as a bonus um, bonus EP only a few weeks ago nice work. Number six for me was, again, the surprise release from Two Mold, The Enduring Spirit. Uh, just once it dropped, I listened to it nonstop for a, for a while. And I guess uh, just kind of the tenor of my list is a lot of black metal and death metal this year. Not the normal amounts of thrash and hardcore I normally have. So I think that says something about me and the year I've been listening to music in. And, you know, what can you say? Two Mold out doing, you know, doing obituary better than obituary somehow. See, I pulled you into the darker, into the dark depths, back into the murky death metal uh, underground stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, and actually, a bit you know, we talked about right at the start of the year, they, they really kicked things off in their first proper proper week of release with uh, Dying Over Everything. But uh, no mention of a bit for me in, uh, in, my, in my list, um, but I'm going to replicate one that you, you mentioned not so long ago in yours. At five for me, I have Urn um, and Feast on Sorrows, just a a really classy contemporary um, metal release, another concept album um, with a kind of a you know, dark, emotional, uh, real-life story behind it. So fair play to Earn. It's a, it's a great record. And again, as I've said, with several of these albums we've talked about, these are bands that are primed and ready to take the next step in their career. And they've, they've done their part. The release is out there that's good enough to take them there. Um, it's just hoping the, the metal gods or... Satan uh, gets behind and allows these bands the opportunities and the tours fall right and the festivals fall right and then 2024 sees them pick up the you know make the steps they need to to move to the next level but loving the earn record yeah it's so killer I'm gonna be listening <laughs> it's just like I said till I get to see them 
I'm going to have to make do with the album and YouTube videos till they come to the States or I get back over to Europe. Uh, Turnabout is Fair Play, a record you already had on your list. I now have on mine number five into the top five for me. Overkill, Scorched. And I will just add one thing, which is they really have... Overkill doesn't really have any bad records, but they really have stepped up their game since they stole Jason Bittner of Shadows Fall from Flotsam and Jetsam a few years ago. And so this is their third record with him, if I'm not mistaken, or at least two, if not three. And they're all absolutely next-level killer. Yeah, and I think that run, you could even say, goes back as far as I'm around when they first re, almost like rebooted and signed with Nuclear Blast, isn't it? But then they just... To have a, a third rebirth, that kind of like, um, you know, into their fourth decade as a band, just incredible stuff. They are, uh, they are, in, they are. By the way, in the oldest band in our whole countdown, uh, the whole yeah. list, the whole list of bands that were vocal. Metallica, vocal. Overkill, nineteen eighty, Metallica, eighty one, and then Swans, eighty three. Those are the three oldest bands in yeah, our yeah. list this year. Just to shout that out. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm coming, coming back to where we're trading um, trading releases uh, again. So on the back of uh, Mirroring Urn, uh, quite high up, and I said I sneaked health in um, post putting my votes uh, votes in. So I did, did use editor's privilege to edit my list after the deadline everyone else had. Um, so I did have the benefit of having it. Um, so, but yeah, refer to the top of the show for thoughts on health, but um, loving Rat Wars. And it's a great album title as well. Isn't it? Wow. It's so good. Uh, number four, another repeat for this uh, episode and for you, Enslaved with Humdahl. And I will say that Enslaved has the same problem Catatonia has for me and probably in Flames with everybody else, which is, and probably Metallica with everybody else. So you can get to a band of this stature with this many great releases and this level of infamy in the genre, you're competing against your best records. You're competing against your best self. Which is which is hard to do. I mean, you know, we also had E as one of our albums of the year. So, you know, this is a struggle. It's a struggle. Like, you know, you're always being compared to your best work. But I do love this one. In, in particular, I rather love this one. And I know the last few years they were doing kind of an over experimental thing for the last two or three years. So, yeah, Enslaved number four. No, no other notes there. That's cool. And then. Uh... I guess at the top of the list of the theme of you know of the picks that I've you know, at the very risk of repeating myself of bands that I hope this album sets them up for a next step so we we talked probably media and you asked what were the few albums that had stuck with me from the start of the year uh, and uh, All Father and A Violent Truth has stuck with me all year um, I'm really really chuffed for them um, I love the evolution they've undertaken um, I like I love the the mentality, the DIY mentality, but the third record now they put out themselves. I do hope someone picks them up and gives them some some money in, in terms of tour support and PR and push support. Um, they don't need it in terms of the writing, um, that side of it. But um, I just like the evolution. You know, I like the approach. Six, seven songs, 30, 35 minutes is their their way of doing things. That's their, their releases. Is it an EP? Is it an album? Who cares? It's got you know, enough songs and enough. It's long enough to be an album. It's in and it's in number three for me. So we're well on all father and hope the gigs come for you next year. I couldn't agree more. If there's a band on either of our lists that I would love to see in the next couple of years picked up and promoted much heavily, you know, heavier than they already have been, I would love it. I would love for it to be all father. And I'm really proud of 
that I got to chat with Tom and do that interview was really wonderful. Number three for me, no surprise, Black Braid, Black Braid 2. As again, I'll point to the link in our description that will be my reveal of the number one pick with Tim, Tim Ledden. And uh, yeah, you know, very proud of that one. And, you know, really interested to see where they go next. I think the touring probably has them on the road for most of next year. So unless there's some fervent writing in between tours and festivals, we probably won't see a third album until 2025. But I would I would think so. Pretty impressive. All right, as we come to the top of the top, the top two, top two. So um, I'll preface this one by saying um, you and I talk quite a bit about Ulva, um, and in Greece Symposium World, me and Lee talk quite a bit about Ulva, and part of our, I guess, our, our listening and our influence behind it, although it's not overt and obviously in the, the music we create, is a lot of the '90s, um, post '90s, early '90s, post black metal kind of stuff, original post-black metal bands coming out a bit more experimental, like your Arcturus, um, like we're overwhelmed and so on. And one of the bands that kind of all like the quintessential um, breakout band that came from black metal and when they did some really weird cosmic things was Dodheim's Guard. And fast forward 20, 23 years, um, I just love Black Medium Current. It does everything that I want from the, the sort of, you know, that kind of cosmic avant-garde black metal um it takes you into the black and stuff it, it dallies around in mayhem and grand declaration of war type icy riffing but then goes off into stellar interstellar dimensions and takes you into kind of some weird kind of trippy space stuff and then links it all back together with some some just a great mix of it all so I've, um i've listened to that this record quite a lot this year um it wasn't one that i was particularly fussed on looking forward to i mean six is international is a great great album but i didn't really think dot home's guard in 2023 would be creating a record that got me really excited uh, and they have and i am and uh will continue to to be so nice work number two for me again not a big surprise because i could not shut up about this band for the longest time this year code orange above Earlier on your list for you, high up on the list for me, uh, every you know, like here, uh, con- sort of a contrast to the statement I just made a few minutes ago about Enslaved and some other bands, I would not compare Code Orange at all to their earliest material, even though there's a subset of fans that only like that material. And I think like this is the form they've been heading to for a long time. Like maybe the mixed sort of like we didn't have the full puzzle completed in front of us until now for the last few releases and so above is just insane it's everything they could possibly do and they threw it all at the wall and it all sticks to to break up a cliche that uh is often used so yeah code orange just just absolutely brilliant i can't wait to see what they do next seeing them do these songs live also made a lot of sense now like it all makes sense like a weird <laughs> like a weird story and you get to the last page and it's like oh now i get it Good times. And I think we talked about when the above came out. It, I do feel sorry for them that they were all set to, to go and then COVID derailed completely. Um, the, the post forever, you know, phase two of Code Orange. So fair play for not getting um, worn down and not giving up and then just going again for phase three. And, and it's it's great. It is the, yeah, the, they've got the ideal record to do it and to, to be the next big band from our, from our world. So. So yeah, on a, on a drum roll, and again, like talking like Saint Dodd Times Guard being a record that I wouldn't have picked 
for to be so high in my albums of the year. My number one has taken me by surprise. Um, and it came out quite late in the year, um, but I have hardly stopped listening to, to Crosses since it came out. Just love it. Um, maybe the, the, the over deep dives over the last few years that have, have softened me to some of the, uh, the more, you know, the less guitar based music and the more electronic side of things. But I just think this is just perfect. It's just a, such a great record. I hope, and I'm, Deftones will do what Deftones do. Um, but it, it reminds me of the stuff that I liked in Gore, that I know a lot of people weren't happy with Gore because it wasn't heavy enough, but I think the songs were great. If this crosses with guitars is the next Deftone album, I'll be very, very happy. Um, but if crosses becomes Tino's main thing, hey, I'm also really happy. We've got the Deftones back catalogue and then, you know, let's just live with where it goes. But no, I'm loving, loving this record. Um, and this one is very, very like a regular player particularly in the car um for me while driving so that's usually car yeah a a mild surprise for your number one for sure uh even gaz liked it which surprised the hell out of me uh because you know he's not a deftones fan at all but he actually rather liked it and you know i do feel like they are doing a huge headline tour finally again so I feel like, and they're, and it's in like giant, like they're headlining in Oakland where Mr. Bungle headlined two nights and yeah. it's kind of, a, and, and, and Mr. Bungle is practically a Bay Area band, even though they're really from north of here. They're pretty much a Bay Area type of band. So pretty impressive. I think this is just the beginning of things for them. And I, you know, similar to Pussifer, I could see where uh, Chino has patterned himself a little bit after Maynard, and maybe the dancey side band is really the band he wants to do the most, as opposed to all his other projects. Uh, and also, uh, Palms, you know, lost single reissued this year with a vinyl. So good job, Chino, with a trifecta this year. And um, uh, for my number one of the year, it should be no surprise because I cannot shut up about this band or this album. And that is Baroness with Stone. Uh, just, you know, it's really hard. I keep thinking they can't possibly top themselves. They don't really, they started out as kind of a sludgy metal band with a little thrash and heavy metal. They went kind of psychedelic stone rock with yellow and green. They went to a new frontier on purple that kind of sounds like a modern Zeppelin. And now they just make Baroness records, just Baroness music on their last couple of records, Golden Grey, and now Stone breaking the color wheel, breaking the wheel like uh, Khaleesi and breaking the color wheel of their uh, albums. And now just uh, just what a brilliant album. And then uh, also again, just on every level, this band is just hitting on all cylinders and who knows what they'll do in the future. but. It's it's pretty incredible having watched this band since two thousand seven to twenty twenty three, over the course no, of these it, albums. It's not much better than a band you love producing a new album still that that you love. So it's one of the best feelings there. So I'm really pleased you got the record you wanted from me. Right, I felt very lucky, and um, I liked it so much I accidentally bought it twice. So I think I'm going to give one copy away to somebody. <laughs> um, I forgot that I had I had forgot that I had pre-ordered it, and then I bought it again when I was uh, at their show, and I was like, oh yeah, do I have this somewhere? And I don't remember, but it's true. Things that I do sometimes. Uh, have you got uh, any other final thoughts for this episode as we kick off 2024, Steve? Well, I was just going to do a. Very, very quickly, because I know we've, we've, this is probably our, our mammoth, our opus extendus, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> so, the longest one we've done. And thank you to anyone that's sticking through to the end. Just a little quick heads up on shout out or whatever the words are for a couple of bits on, on the radar for 2024 that aren't in January. 
Um, I'm just going to run through very quickly. Won't, won't spend time on, on each of them, but um, looking forward to, from, based on what I've heard, the new Skeletal Remains album. That's like the track of the advanced track of it. It's like Testament covering Morbid Angel, and you can't argue with that. But other big ones on horizon for me: Bruce Dickinson solo record, New Judas Priest album. Very interested to see what Harriet do with their. Um, big step up label um, release. Interested where the Devon's The Moth happens this year. There's a lot of talk about what it is, what it could be. Um, and this, you know, we'll see, we'll see where Debbie can, comes up to if that if that drops this year. And just three on the radar. We spoke last episode about Halo Effect, loving the last record, the new single. Um, by all accounts, there should be a new record at some point this year. So fingers are very much crossed on that. Um, saw an announcement the other day about Oceans of Slumber. I'll, Back, coming back, a new record uh, this year. Loved Starlight and Ash. Um, been with them. We've been as a site. Been with them since since the debut. So um, very interested to see what they do. But uh, coming back to the common theme, the um, surprise single from Olva, Ghost Entry, is what a song. Um, just pure stink, eighties pop. Brilliant. It sounds like the lyrics were written in five minutes about him. I've just listened to some of my old stuff before we write some new songs, um, but absolutely smashed it out of the park which is just brilliant slinky 80s pop you know they do no wrong overall incredible band and i can't wait for the rest of that follows ghost entry nice work i only have two other entries to add to the your list which is opeth working on a new record you know it's always an event album when they do something i know people have kind of fallen off the psychedelic stoner rock thing but i'm here for it and then, for the love of all of Satan, please, Anthrax, put out this record or I'm going to die. Please. Please, I'm begging you, please. <laughs> well, they're going to die. Right? Joey's about 100. Uh, yeah, yeah, Joey's, yeah. They're, uh, they're either going to put this record out or they're going to cease to exist because, like, we've been hearing about this thing since 2018. Like, guys, come on. Yeah, more rumors again about John, um, isn't it? Version, all sorts of different stuff. The Anthrax world's a weird one, isn't it? I don't, don't have any in there, um, but, yeah. It'd be good just to get the, get the tracks out. <laughs> Indeed. Kill some Indeed. of the rumors and get the risk up. At least they are in the studio making the record. So, and we and we've we've seen that uh, Dave Grohl and Corey Taylor have showed up to hang out. Who knows if they're on it or not? But it'd be pretty neat if they were. And uh, on that note, talking about one of my favorite bands of all time at the end of the show. Thanks to everybody for 2023 once again thanks to you steve looking forward to 24 shout out to omar cordy who has produced most of these episodes you and i have done and uh thanks for all his continued work and other than that you have been listening to the ghost cult magazine podcast the steve and keefe power hour starting off 2024 with a bang and an extra long episode if you made it this far you are a real one thank you please like and subscribe it does help out our brand and our channel we had a huge increase in podcast listeners and subscribers this year, and I'd like to see it go again the same in 24. I'm Keefe. On behalf of Steve, thanks for being with us. One more time, we're out. Peace. Metal Christmas and a happy new year to you all. See ya. This has been another episode of the Ghost Cult Magazine Podcast. Check us out at ghostcultmag.com and follow our socials at ghostcultmag. Until the next time, peace.